Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Western and Southern Financial Group. Put our financial strength behind you. Visit westernsouthern.com. Baseball present. Baseball past. Gonna share a few stories. Gonna have a few laughs. On the Jim Day. The Jim Day Well, the Masters, they say that they have a tradition unlike any other. But I think the tradition of sitting down with Joey Votto for a podcast every spring, that is a tradition that trumps all traditions. And he's back. How are we doing? Seven cavities, Jim Day. I have seven cavities. And um, let me tell you, I forgot how painful it is to get uh, cavities filled. I cannot believe how far I've fallen. I thought I had good home care. I thought I had a good diet. I thought my teeth were in a good place. It turns out not, not really. I, I sat in a chair yesterday for about an hour and a half with my mouth open. Two days before that, I sat in a chair for another hour and a half and I still have another upcoming session. So to the, to those people out there, whether it's with floss or, you know, uh, branches off of a tree, take care of your teeth if you can, because this is, this is not where it's at. This is breaking news here. You're being serious. How many cavities? You're being, you're being, are you exact? Seven cavities. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good though. It's finally, I feel like I've been on cruise control. I think that sometimes in life you need to be uh, humbled. You need to be told that you're not going as good as you thought you were. And um, my diet, my home care, you know, I'll brush my teeth. I'll, <laughs> I sometimes will just brush my teeth before bed just a couple days a week, Jim. Come on. <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> I have seen you walk around with a little, uh, whatever the scrapers are called, after you eat. and that's. I've seen you walking down the hallway flossing before. You caught my once a week. You caught my weekly session. It's incredible. I tell you what, I, I, I went to the dentist. Just to get a cleaning, you know, you got to get on camera and you got to show your best. And I don't like whitening my teeth. I just like my teeth as they are. I feel like it's not my style to whiten my teeth. And so, you know, I like to keep my teeth clean. You got yeah. some good choppers. I'm, I'm shocked you got that. And Gavin. next thing you know, uh, I'm getting the, the message that I'm going to have to come back several times in a row. And, you know, they shoot up the top of my mouth and I've, oh, got, a, I've got a headache still from it. They shoot up the bottom of my, my mouth. You know, I was 
drooling and spitting like I was in a Seinfeld episode. I I tell you what, and um, you know, thank goodness, thank goodness that uh, I'm nearly done with all seven. So well, luckily you didn't have to have a root canal because as a kid I didn't quite take care of my teeth, and I had a couple of root canals, and that is brutal. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that. <laughs> I I won't say who I won't say who on the team because it's not my place to, you know. It, share people's uh medical history but they told me about their root canal experience and i've never had one and whatever it takes to avoid one of those i'm gonna try i sat you're on the right track i sat with my mouth open for those 90 minutes i i forgot i'd never i hadn't had a cavity filled in like maybe 30 years 25 years and it is reason enough to take good care of yourself and your teeth it was not that fun so kids out there Please consider brushing and flossing, you know, so. This flossing public service announcement is brought to you by Joey Votto. <laughs> you know, it's classic Votto that we start the podcast talking about cavities. Yeah. Because I this is what I love. I never know where this conversation is going to go. People are like, do you write? Do you have a plan? I'm like, no, I really don't have a plan. Yeah, I didn't I, I didn't expect to talk about <laughs> about this either, but let's keep it real. You know, I, hey, I just. I, it's yeah. what this podcast is all about, keeping it real. Yeah. Now, Major League Baseball players, they're just like us. <laughs> there you go. That's pretty good. That's your commercial voice. Then. That is my com- commercial voice. I'm coming for your chair. Oh, I'm done then. <laughs> Um, you strolled into camp on a scooter, which I loved. One, I love the scooter, and two, you got a bell on it, which is the best. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to watch out. Um, but you know, we've got we've got a spread out complex, and then yeah. we've got the stadium down the street, and you got to get places. You know, you you've got a half field uh, in one location, and then you've got a practice field in another location, and we've got drills all over the place, and. You know, we've got meetings, and I just don't like being late. Um, yeah. I'm fine running to and from the different stations. I'm fine walking. It doesn't, it, but more importantly, I, I don't ever want to be late. And some of our, some of our schedule are relatively close. And uh, when I have obligations, I want to I want to max them out. And then when I have a second obligation, you know, back to back, I don't want to be late for the second obligation. So, yeah, I, I have a scooter, and uh, we'll use the bell. It's like an inside. <laughs> joke between the two of us we'll say that bring bring you know at random random in the middle of the season to each other really yeah i mean that's what this is all about it's like uh being a the bell is like one you'd see on an old school bike by the way people it's really bring bring yeah really is yeah for sure yeah heads up yeah i've been here since february 14th oh my goodness i covered minor league camp before the big league camp so um, we're coming to you from Goodyear, Arizona, by the way, people. We do this annually, it seems like. Although, I guess maybe we had to do it on the phone or something. I don't know. No, last year, year, last year we did it by Zoom, and I was in, yeah, I was right. I was in my uh, I was in my house, and and um, I'm actually wearing the exact same sweater. Thank goodness we're not on camera this time. It's shame on me for wearing the exact. same You remember clothes. what you had? I don't even remember what you had on that day. I know? remember because um, we had a rain delay in the middle of the season, and we they. I think Red's TV put on uh, oh, put on yeah, the interview, and I walked through, and I was cringing because it's on television with my teammates, right? I mean, the last thing you want to do is sp- yeah. speak in front of your teammates. But um, I remember wearing this exact same like button-up sweater 
and here I am off cam. You know, we're off camera. Obviously, I'm wearing the exact same thing. So it's fine. It's fine. It's good. It's fine. Everything's <laughs> everything's the same as last year. So yeah, all good. Well, you uh, nothing's the same as last year, huh? No. Actually, we talked about this last year. I remember. I'm like, what a difference a, a year makes. Yeah. And, and then two years ago, it's like, wow, what a difference a year makes. Um, same sw- sweater, but different. <laughs> You know, collectively bargained agreement. Yeah. Uh, a little bit different roster so far. Yeah. Um, a little different in terms of protocols around the clubhouse. We're fi- we finally have the media back in the clubhouse, which is, I missed Is it. that a good thing or and a bad for thing? For me, I know I may be in the minority. I don't think I am. I but don't I'm, think you are. I'm, I, I can say I missed the media in the clubhouse. And I, I think when you have the media in the clubhouse, first, it does... For me, it does multiple things. The first thing it does is it lets you know how well you're playing. If there's if there's a a, a, a group of media coming in at two o'clock every day, um, and, and and it only grows from there, you know you're 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 a strong club. And if there's barely anybody in there, and you're you know a stretch is approaching, and then the game following, and there's nobody in there, you're playing poorly. Second of all. I feel like the media brings the average fan closer to the team, to the players, tells more stories. It gives the clubhouse. The clubhouse should be a safe space, but it's always work. It's always work. No matter what, we, we, are, we are in quasi on stage. So behind the scenes, when you say something in the clubhouse, you always have to remember you are potentially on the record. I've seen it before where things were assumed that they would be off the record and they become public fodder. Right. And so to me, if you want a private space, there's always pl- space for that. But the second you put your uniform on, you're in a stadium, uh, you have to be on your toes. And, you know, I actually feel like it builds good habits. You know, if, 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 if you're learning that something might be disrespectful or not taken well by the general public, maybe that shouldn't be a habit you have. Maybe that shouldn't be the sort of thing you should be speaking or the, the way you should be speaking or thinking about things, or maybe you should adjust. Um, but I, I, I genuinely miss uh, the media, uh, most importantly, because you build relationships with them mm-hmm. and you get to know them as people and you ask about their families and you travel with them. And, you know, it's someone to say hello to. You know, it, I, I find that, uh, I found that the... The having the media in the clubhouse kept kept me more connected to reality. Yeah, and uh, having conversations with our beat writers, meeting uh, familiar faces on the road, get going to major markets, or seeing the national writers, or even international writers right. or journalists, uh, or or, or TV uh, TV. Um, uh, TV Nerds. people, no, no, no. TV people uh, <laughs> reminds you that holy cow, we're an international. You know, I, I had some people that I had to let know that I had to cancel appointments because of the finalization of the negotiations, and I shared with them that the contract was was concluded through a CNN link, an AP link, a Reuters link. Right. Uh, 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 whatever link you want, I don't want to be, you know, a partisan when it comes yeah. to the to the to the news. But I, I'm sharing it 
with international, you know, international links here. These are th these are links that go to Africa and Asia and Australia and Europe, South America. And, and so um, to me, it's a reminder of how connected we are to the rest of the world and, and having the media in the clubhouse long winded. Yeah. You know, forgive my long winded re reply. Having the media in the clubhouse reminds me that we are connected to the entire world. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that, uh, you know, we're, I always call it we're an arm to the public. And some people don't realize that, that you want to be able to talk to the fans. Well, how do you talk to the fans? Through us. We're the, the arm to the public. So I'm glad to hear you say that um, because we, especially what I do, like to bring the human side of, of players. And there's nothing more that fans that I've found over the years that like more than when the players are humanized. Mm. Like, oh, he, he uses that app. So do I. That's yeah. cool. You guys are much more. You're, you're humans underneath that uniform. So, and we are the ones that usually bring that out. I, I'm glad to hear you say it. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, my the goal is to not the the goal is to create a, um, a an image of not being. I don't want to say not being a human. Of course, we're human, but. Yeah. Be it uh, be someone that uh, be an image, a representation of something that. Uh, how do I explain? How do I say this without the the goal? Uh, my goal is to take people away from uh, from whatever they want to whatever they want to dist not distract. How, whatever, however way they want to use baseball, whether it's as a distraction, form of entertainment as something that's on in the background. And I don't I don't really want to I don't want to drag the average fan down with reality. Now, I've certainly done that in the past. But ultimately, I feel like it's my responsibility to entertain. And I'm learning that especially as I get older. Especially as I realize how little people are how busy people are with their own stuff. Yeah. So, um you know, that's that's where my head is at on that. What do you mean when you say that you've dragged people down in the past? I don't mean drag people down. I think just sharing things. You know, I, I always try to be trans I always try to be transparent. I try to be human, of course, but I also at times try to not be. I try to to put my uniform on, show up for work, and whether things are crummy or good in my person personally in my life I try to show up and be steady be the exact same person every single day say be the same player that people uh, want to see on a daily basis and so that at times that can be that I feel like that can be my responsibility and um, that's just my take that's just my take so you know yeah the last time we talked actually was on the phone and you were I don't know, you were in Germany or Paris or something. And there were several stories of the offseason of which, well, you know, Joey got back to me and he was in London. He was in Paris. He was. So you had an interesting offseason. I was able to travel. Took the trip of your life, right? Yeah. You know, um, so in in the, my, the middle of my 20s, I, I traveled to Europe. It felt like almost every year. I did some form of travel. I played in the Dominican Republic, played ball there, and, and did some form of travel almost every offseason. And then I got Maris, my dog, my late dog. Um, and I never wanted to leave him. You know, I, I never wanted to leave him with anybody else. And so I had him for 10 years. 
he was my like best guy, you know, my best friend. And we were always together in the off season. And I just never wanted to go anywhere, you know, but I, I had a list of places that intrigued me, but nowhere, I wanted to be nowhere more than, than, than with him. You know, we're on the road. He can't, obviously can't travel on the road and couldn't travel when we're, when we're on the road. And so I just always looked forward to it. And I knew that his life was finite, right? All our lives are finite, of course, but a dog's life, life is typically shorter. Uh, it's pretty, it's typically short. And so I just didn't want to, I didn't want to waste a day with him. And, um, and so after he died, you know, it was right in the beginning and, and, uh, and you know, the, the heart of, uh, the COVID. And so travel was nearly impossible. Um, and so once things started opening up, I felt like a real desire to travel again. And so this off season, I, I, I hopped on a plane, went to, you know, France and England and spent a little time in Monaco and Italy and, and then came back and uh, I did some more travel inside of the United States. And then, um, you know, I, 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 I feel like I've, I've been excited to do some traveling just because it's opening up a bit more. Yeah. I, I can so relate with the, uh, the story of Maris because I'm a big dog guy. I've got two now. And it is like I'll FaceTime with my wife and I'll see the dogs. Of course, I miss my wife, but... I'll see the dogs, man. And it just, I'm like, I miss my dogs, oh, man. Yeah. I miss, and, and she will not come to Arizona now because it just, we don't, the same thing. We don't want to leave them mm. with someone and don't want to drive them across the country. Mm. Certainly not going to put them in a cargo bay mm. on a plane to get yeah. them out here. Yeah. Uh, it's a long drive to get out here. So that's, I completely get it where you just don't want to leave them with someone else, particularly for a long period of time. They have separation anxiety and, um, I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was, it was specific to him. Yeah. You know, I, I would have been fine leaving him for a week or two here and there, but there was really, you know, I, 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 I kept him at a place in Kentucky during the season and it was like a, a combination, his vet with uh, like a, a, a stay place, like yeah. a place he could stay. But you know, whenever I'm in other cities in the off season, I didn't have a place where I, that I trusted. So right. yeah. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't change a, wouldn't change a thing yeah of course i mean you know, the, I got, my I got, uh, dog a while you know i had to put down my dog and it was uh before the one before two we have now it was the hardest thing i've ever had to do in my life really the hardest thing i've ever done in my life to make that decision yeah but she was in a, in a bad way so yeah. it's like losing your best friend people that don't aren't dog people don't understand it's like losing a family member mm. i mean it, it really is yeah yeah no it was it was certainly tough for me yeah i was <clears throat> you know, without getting into specifics, I wanted to be there. I promised him throughout his life that I would be there when he died. You know, I, I, I made that genuine commitment yeah. to him that uh, all I ever hoped for with him was to be there when he dies. And, um, yeah, you know, he had to go. It wasn't, he wasn't in a way that he could continue. It was just not, not, it wouldn't have been anywhere near fair for me to take even one more night with him. So he had to go. And, and I feel I, I, hope he felt like uh grateful um for his time with me and i certainly felt that way i'm not really sure how he perceived me but i hope that he had a good time while while he was alive but yeah i got i have a story about him and i'll hope hopefully i don't uh light up too much when i tell his story but we were on our last ride together so he was 
he was all torn up with cancer and um, uh, he wasn't doing well. And I brought him into the vet and they said, he, yeah, he has to, you know, he's in serious pain. So we had to put him down. And uh, he loved going for rides and he loved going for walks. And I loved both. I loved walking with him. You know, the season I can't really walk with him just because I have to stay off my feet. So we would play frisbee or he would swim or whatever. And he got his exercise, you know, more than any dog you would ever imagine when it comes to this sort of thing. I mean, he was just, he loved it all day long exercise whenever I was home. Anyways, uh, but he seemed to like going for rides, you know, sticking his head out the sticking his head out the window and, you know, enjoying the breeze. And, um, you know, I, um, I, I'm imagining, I imagine I break some rules with the head out the window thing, but you know, I, that's what we did. Oh, but those uh, are rules to break. I do that all the time, but he was really worn out and he was on medication at the end there. And, and we were coming up, I was coming up on having to put him down. And so we were on that last ride. And I remember him just kind of giving up on on his head out the window, and he just laid down. And I, uh, he hated when I touched his paws. He hated it. You know, we were such a good, we were like roommates together. Like, we kept our distance from one another. The first thing I did in the morning was exercise him, make sure he was worn out for about two thirds of the day. And then the back third of the day, I would take him out again. You know, we've anywhere from two to three hours of, of, of some sort of conditioning, walking, whatever. I just love being with him. And, um, and so the rest of the day was us staying away from one another. Of course, I'd feed him or whatever. He'd check in and say hello. But it, typically, we stayed away from one another. We'd make eye contact or whatever. But he never liked when I, you know, I he didn't like hugs. He didn't like, he'd like a pet here and there, but it was like, all right, dude, that's enough. But he hated when I touched his boss. You know, I wouldn't growl or anything, yeah. but I could tell based on his personality or based on his reaction, excuse me. And I just remember him laying down in the car on that last ride and just kind of being him just tired. He was just like, I'm gassed. That's enough. And I reached back and I grabbed his paw and I, I put my thumb like in, in the center of his paw, right in between his like pads. And I, I squeezed his pad like it was like I was squeezing his hand and he squeezed back. Oh, wow. And it was like the most like profound moment in our oh, in our wow. time together. Goodness gracious. And I was just like, He's, that's it. You know, that was yeah. him, his way of saying like, I don't know what that meant. I don't know what that meant. To, but to me, I interpreted it as him there's, saying goodbye. There's no doubt. Yeah. And I couldn't believe he squeezed back. Wow. And he did. And then I took him back and. You know, got to say goodbye to him. It was it was tough because, um, you know, I it was you know I was there and he that was that was the end. So yeah. that's the <laughs> believe me. I tear up when I think about putting down my dog. Dog's name was Angel, and uh, same thing. We you know was just ridden with cancer, and there was a, a day that was just when she was outside and she could no longer I had to carry her outside to go to the bathroom. And just that she looked up at me one day and mm. just like, I can't do this anymore. Mm. You could just see the look. I, I can't. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. There's this picture. God, I hate to <laughs> bring it down, but this is real. I mean, this is people deal with this all the time. She used to love to go in the reservoir and swim and we'd take pictures and whatever. And there's this picture of the lat. We knew it was the last time we're taking her there. And it's, it's 
my dog sitting there next to my wife and it's looking out on the water and it's just mm. every I can't even look at the picture. It just mm. tears me up. But really? it was like the symbolic, like this is the last time, sort of like your last ride. So I get it, man. It was tough. It was uh, to make that decision was so hard. Gosh, so hard. So yeah, you yeah. have you have you have to though, and um, you know almost every day. I looked at him, you know, I, you know, my father died almost 15 years ago and I was, you know, shocking to me. And so, you know, something, something like that shifts your perspective on life and death. And so when I, I got Maris after my father died and I just knew every day that I looked at him, you're going to die and we're going to live today knowing that you're going to live as long as you possible. I'm going to take as good a care of you as you possibly can. But we're gonna live knowing that I'm gonna like I'm gonna treat you every day like yeah. like like it's the best day of your life, and um, that helped me a lot because um, you know it's that's that's um, you know that helped me a lot, especially with him. So yeah, yeah. you I, I I lost my father when I was in my twenties, um, so I was young. I was just out of college, um, and that was really tough. But it kind of turn me around and did it i don't know how did it take you a while to get over that oh yeah i mean you oh, didn't yeah. kind of people say oh he's kind of cracked that shell joey's out of his shell because we've talked about this before you were reserved early on in your career but i mean how oh. how tough was it how long did it take you to get a okay. like, I mean, you never get over it, but how you know to get at least beyond and put it in perspective perspective that's yeah. the appropriate word for me it took me probably four years wow Four years before I could look back and use the you know use that word perspective, you know where where it was more it was more time thinking about like the good times the the softer fonder memories, the the more more of the joyous memories. So yeah, it took it took me a while. I mean, yeah, for yeah. sure. No, talking talking about this stuff is. Well, I've always, I've always wanted to ask you about your dad. I've, I've seriously, but you don't want to pry, you know. Yeah, I've, don't I pry. <laughs> yeah, but it's whatever you want to, you know, talk about or feel comfortable talking about publicly because it's a very private thing, you know, family. For sure. So yeah, for sure. You know, my father uh, taught me baseball. You know, he and I played catch. Uh, he and I played catch uh, every day uh, for years. Um, you know, uh, he thought I was going to be a pitcher. And at about, I want to say maybe 11, 12, 13 years old, my elbow started to hurt. And I wasn't, I wasn't able to get, o I wasn't able to get over that hump as quickly as I would have expected. And so I started hitting. And, uh, but from eight years old, nine years old on, we threw together every, as often as possible. And so uh, I wouldn't be playing baseball if it wasn't for my father. Most importantly, I wouldn't be doing, I wasn't, I wouldn't be living what I think is the best version of, of life that I could possibly live. I think I'm living, I think I'm living, I'm my best self. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, I, I wouldn't have had this opportunity without him sh sharing that bond with me. And really that's all he wanted to do. You know, I bring this up often. Playing catch is, is a shared event, a shared experience. And that's, you know, I, I love basketball. You know, I love all kinds of sports. But you have to make eye contact. You have to be considerate when you're playing catch. You have to 
serve the other person when you're playing catch. It's per, it's it's selfish in some ways because you want to deliver the best throw possible and you want to, you know, get better at being accurate and you want to get better at throwing harder and at different arm angles and moving your feet. But ultimately, you're serving the other person and the other person feels that when they're not being served in terms of like a good, accurate, clean throw. And so you're throwing balls at people's feet or over their head or to their sides. And after a while, the other person's like, hey, what's going on? Are we not doing this together? And that's, that was the relationship that I learned with my father. This is a shared experience. Help me help you and I'll help you. Uh, I'll help you by, by doing the best I can, I can on my side. I, th- I don't think I said that correctly, but um, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I, I, I don't know. It's, I don't know what else to say other than when I see uh, – the other day I was in a park and a, I was watching a boy play catch with his father or an, a, a gentleman. I assume, I'm going to guess his father, but maybe not. Um, and I just was like watching them reminded me of my father and I, but also reminded me of like, man, go out – like. I was thinking to myself, go out, be outside in the sun, be in the grass, share that moment with somebody you care about or somebody you want to share that moment with or just do it for yourself and have somebody else do it for themselves and get outside and go do it for yourselves sort of thing. You know, um, I think I'm just like, I think I'm being a little bit romantic about baseball these days because of all the criticism it's received of late. But that's what that's what 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 i when i think about specifically now when i think about my father that those moments especially were the most important for me well those that truly love baseball know exactly what you're talking about the romanticism of baseball you don't even have to explain it to Mm. them it is a very romantic game and even the essence of just having a catch yeah um yeah yeah we're going to iowa this year and i don't need to tangent your uh your comment there but you know, I, ra- I was raised on Field of Dreams. Yeah. And it's going to be tough because, uh, you know, the end, of, uh, the end of Field of Dreams is him playing catch with his father. You know, and me even talking about it right now is, you know, is, is emo- I, feel the, uh, I feel the emotion well up because that's what my father and I did together. And now I'm going to full circle it at the Field of Dreams. You know, it breaks my heart a little bit not being able to fly my father out and be able to share that moment because he bought that movie. He watched it with me. He tr- he tried to carry those moments into real life and 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 b- build that habit with me daily by playing catch. And I'll I'll, I'll feel him there for sure. And yeah. it'll be a good moment. Um, but it's it's um, you know, yeah, it's um, you know, a little sad he won't be there for sure. I'd give anything to play catch with my dad right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just wish, gosh. I mean, it was. I'm much older than you, so it was so long ago. But man, I'd give anything. Same, same thing too. Uh, I'll definitely be thinking of it because he's he's the one that made me a Reds fan. Took me to my first Reds game. Mm. My first memories of the kid are in Riverfront Stadium uh, with my dad. So, mm. uh, yeah, that's tough. As far as my father, he and my mother, especially. She's she's still alive and and she's you know I tell her all the time I say you know you're the you're the example you're my you're my star in terms of like work consistency improvement dedication um, you know my father and she were work workers they worked yeah. hard and they were consistent with their crafts they loved what they did 
They seem to be have endless energy for their jobs. My mom still does. Um, and so I that that to me it makes sense. That feels like that makes sense. But at no point did they ever sit me down and say, you have to do X, Y, and Z, or working feels like this, or, you know, there's no, we didn't have, I don't remember having a lot of conversations about that, about anything. It was more just learn by following, learn by example. Do you feel like you appreciate family more now? In what you, way? You've gotten older, uh, just have better perspective on oh. it that you kind of, uh, yeah. not, you know, when you're younger, you kind of don't smell the roses as much. And, and when you get older, you kind of appreciate family more. You know, one thing that that this game can do to you a, a little bit, especially if you play for if play for a while. You know, Jay Bruce and I had this conversation because he, you know he, he was talking about all the different teams he played with and teammates. And there's lots of turnover in a clubhouse when you build relationships. I mean, this is my job in my life. I mean, I'm doing this almost all the time. And so that means that the people I'm around, uh, the people I work with, I'm around almost all the time. And those are who I'm going to build life relationships with. But in our, excuse me, in our job, there's a lot of turnover. And you have to make a choice. You can either commit to people that in all likelihood are going to, you, you do the best you can build relationships, but you, you, it's hard to make commitments to people that one day are, your, are in the same uniform and the next day they're halfway across the country. Right. So what, what, what comes to the top? What's the most important? What's the what's what do you keep coming back to? And obviously, it's family. And so, to answer your question, I think when I first entered into professional sport and became an adult, I was like, everything was everything was intriguing, everything was appealing, and I wanted to build relationships or do. And then after a while, you realize, you know, life's pretty. Relationships are pretty simple. You know, you just make sure you have good ones that you can you know, you can keep going back to that have love for you and, and you have love for. Yeah. And that's family, right? So. I hope you're enjoying this very open conversation with Joey Votto. And we'll get back to it after this. It's knowing that your door is always open and your path is free to walk. Life can throw a lot at us, but through all the ups and downs, your financial future will be ever gentle on your mind with Western and Southern. From life insurance to investments, our one-on-one -on -one guidance is customized for your needs today and in the future. Western and Southern, life insurance, retirement, and investments. Visit westernsouthern.com slash rest assured to get started today. Ever smiling, ever gentle on my mind. I know what motivates you as a player, at least I think I do. What motivates you as a person? Um, I think as I get older, um, you know, this is very personal. Um, steadiness. Steadiness in my relationships. Having people I can trust that I can uh, I can I can lean into when I need help or or not. People I can have fun times with, people that I can say that I love. So 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 relationships are really really important to me. My health and well-being, you know, taking care of 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 my health. Um, you know, this I don't know. If, if personally there's anything more important than my health. And then um, uh, maybe uh, a step beyond those two priorities, um, 
you know, I would like to, uh, and by the way, let me back to, go back probably inside of those two priorities, inside that same sort of bubble or, tri- or, or pyramid, whatever you'd like to call it, tier in the pyramid, is like um, giving. I'm finding as I get old, get older, giving is like, you know, it was probably a thing that bothered me the most about the, about the negotiate, uh, not the negotiations, but the, the delay, the, 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 the lockout is I, I didn't have the ability to stop by the RBI program in, in Cincinnati. You know, I was in Cincinnati for a little bit. Uh, and, uh, oh, let me take that back. No, that was in, no, that was in that was in January. I was in Cincinnati. I, I didn't have access to it. Yeah. I was on the West Coast and I didn't have access to it. I, I asked, and those those that's an important giving giving, j- volunteering my time, connecting with new people. That's important to me. And then beyond that, you know, my career is the number one priority in my life. You know, I've been dabbling with other things. You know, new interests, and no matter what, they always come a distant second to 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 being successful at my job being being competent at my job performing well pushing the boundaries pushing the limits of what i i think i can do for myself as a as a professional and so yeah that's those are my priorities in life right now well i know everyone loves it and i i i think you would probably just assume not people know that you give back no I, that's not true i'm is that I'm not fine. true no I mean, because i think it's infectious I was oh, it's very much so. Yeah, I've I've I was inspired by other people. I was inspired yeah. by other people that took their time and and gave themselves and I'm not doing hardly anything but relative to what a lot of people what a lot of people do but I I just feel like it's when I have little windows of time during you know in my in my life in my life I I feel like I, I need to do something for other people. So well, some of the videos. I mean, and I've seen it firsthand because I'm in the camera world. So I see you interact with, uh, you know, whether it be a youngster that's struggling health wise or, uh, you know, make a wish type thing. Or um, it's just so special. I mean, there was one this past season where you know I I don't know the young man's name or what he was dealing with, but you said, uh, you and me, we're going to talk all day. I don't know if you remember this, but you, you and me were going to talk all day. If you have any advice, give it to me. And you oh, kept yeah. leaning down to him. And you were on deck in the uh-huh. on-deck circle. And just to see his family and his face light up, and it was just like it was just you two at the ballpark. Yeah. He told me to floss, and I didn't listen to him. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe I should do a better job listening as opposed to talking. No, I, I – I, I, and there's more that I want to do. There's more. There's more, and the more I learn, the more there, the more I want to help. So, I'm 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 hopeful as as, um, you know, some of our COVID protocols relax. I'm hopeful that I can do more. So, and I imagine I will. When you say more, is it just more often? Yeah. Giving more time. More time. More, more yeah. Time? Just more connection connections. Whether it's at the stadium or outside of the stadium, going yeah. to the Reds uh, community center or the youth academy and uh or just other things in the cincinnati community so yeah yeah i've actually been kind of kind of kind of wrestling with this i've been thinking about maybe starting um like doing like a tiktok or an instagram or something like that just because i think that like i've been thinking a little bit about like my Hold up, time. This is breaking news. No, 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 no. Chill, 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 chill. Um, he might get on social media.
All right, a quick fast forward to present day. As you know by now, he has not only hinted at getting on social media, he is on social media in a glorious way. Whenever Votto puts his mind to something, he is all in, and the videos have been fantastic. Now, had I been in the breaking news business, I could have broke this weeks ago. However, there are certain secrets that you do hold on to, but the world is a better place now that Votto is sharing himself on social media. All right, back to his explanation. No, I've been thinking <laughs> about like that my times at when I go to the, the the youth academy and how many kids are there and how so many of them talk to me about their TikToks or their Instagrams yeah. and all the videos they post. And it's like, well, maybe I should go there do some instruction or just help out in any way. And then maybe we do a video together sort of thing, you know? And, and, and it just, it just, I think, again, I just keep thinking about the, the gripes about baseball not being fun. I, I, and there's ways to, there's ways to connect, you know, there's yeah. ways to connect uh, two separate things. And I think that it's, it's, I'm, I probably won't do it, but maybe we'll see. I would like to volunteer to be your camera operator oh, really? for your TikTok. I need videos. someone to edit, to be honest with you. That's the hardest thing. I can edit. Can I you mean, edit? I'm though? a one man band. Yes, I can. I indeed can. So <laughs> I'm a one man band. One man band. Plus, I have people like, I can go to as well to edit. Uh, well, that's more like it. No, yeah. no, I can, but I can edit on myself. Okay. But if I really want something like really dressed up, like really, really fancy, you know. Um, what do you yeah, use? Final Cut? Final Cut? Uh, I've been using Adobe. Okay, yeah, I have that too. I yeah. have the suite. Yeah, I've never but, used it. I have this uh, the Adobe Cloud. Is it the cloud thing? Yeah, yeah. I cloud. have like the cloud, and I was like, I'm gonna start. <sighs> Not even close. Yeah. Not even close. Enjoy my monthly subscription Adobe, <laughs> but it's good. Let's support the economy. Exactly. All right. Now you you said that you've been branching out with different new interests. Oh, please tell. What are they? Because, you know, you know I, what I did you this You laid his chess on me. You know, like, nah, forget, I, 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 that's been. You beyond that? No, I've no. been, I'm still nuts with that. I still do yeah. it all the time. But, oh, really? You know, I started doing this offseason. So last year, last year, there was a play on defense where I fell kind of like on my, on my heels and on my, my back, my hand like I braced myself with my hand I fell kind of on my heels and almost fell on my bum and I finished the play and I was like why did I feel so uncoordinated there why did not I not feel strong enough why did I not feel and when I was younger I used to do jujitsu and that's really like you you're it's a very challenging physically it's like a really challenging thing to do it as far as being in kind of a squat position lunge position um, on your, you know, you're, you, you, you move a lot in lots of different l low to the ground positions. And I was saying, I really don't want to get hurt because there's a real risk when you, when you do jujitsu. And I decided <laughs> to start taking break dancing lessons. What? So I, I, I've been taking break dancing lessons this off season and I actually feel like it's helped a lot in terms of like how I, how, how. I feel close to the ground. So don't tell anyone, though, Jim. It's just between you and I. Yeah. And thousands of people downloading this. No, it's great. 
It's great. I've had a really good time. So you're doing the whole deal. I mean, some people are out, the younger people are out there like, what's breakdancing? Um, you're doing the whole thing. You're spinning around on your back. Mm-hmm. You're do- There's tears to it. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. But like, yeah, no, just, you know, I have an instructor. He comes in and we do lessons together and yeah, I've been doing it once or twice a week. So I'm, yeah. I've got other, I've got training, of course, and, and, and baseball work and yeah. lifting and running and stuff. So. Um, but I've had a great time with it. And most importantly, I feel safe. Yeah. You know, we've, I've got an obligation to show up on opening day healthy and at my best and to finish on the last day of the season, hopefully, you know, game seven of the World Series, healthy and, and ready to play. And, and I can't risk getting hurt. So I felt like it was the first thing that I have done that made me feel the way I felt when I was moving well, uh, loaded the ground. And uh, yeah. Break dancing. Yeah. <laughs> so you feel more on balance? You feel, I mean, could you dance before? Like, well, you consider dancing, yourself a good da- dancer? Dancing's all relative, you know? So, I, I mean, compared to Relative like, to what? How many beers you have? Or No. I mean, some people are like really good dancers. And so yeah. I can't say I'm a good dancer relative to a really good dancer. But yeah. I feel like I've, you know, I, I went to a couple weddings this off season. I busted a move. But, uh. Yeah, I've had. Is there evidence of this video? I'm sure. I I went to a couple former teammates' weddings last off this off season. I'm gonna have to do some investigating and get some video. Nah, you don't need that. It's just standard. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's been a great time, and uh, it's been. I feel like most importantly, it's a form of cross training that adds to the defensive side of the game. So definitely something very very athletic. Uh, oh my god, I can't, I could yeah. not believe how challenging it is. Yeah. Like I'm humbled by it. Like yeah. I thought I was strong, not even close. I mean, I, right. I the body weight strength that you have to have, the the calisthenics that you have to do. But I feel good. I f- I'm glad I did it. You have some go-to music that you play during no, this? <laughs> no, I'm just learning the moves. But yeah, you have to eventually you have to pair it up with music or else you're just a robot, right? So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I was wondering if you, you know, Back in my day, you're gonna go into the '80s wheelhouse with some '80s breakdance music. Lots '90s. Yeah, of course. There's tons Beastie Boys and stuff. Of course, yeah. lots of options. Very nice. Any Prince. other Prince? Oh, miss that dude. Genius. Um, what else? Got some new ventures besides break breakdancing. That blows me away. Well, that's all it. I'm gonna share. That's all I you're gonna share. That's the one that ca- that yeah. that crosses best over with uh that really does work. So. Yeah. So you still have the playing chess fascination. Um. Yeah, it's a hobby of mine for sure, and it's yeah. a good way for me to decompress after a long day. I just you just look for patterns, and I just it's just something that keeps me off of. You know, I've got a real TikTok addiction. Like, I've got a real problem with it. I'm not kidding you. It's ridiculous. And so everything I can do to stay off of TikTok. What's the longest you've ever been on? Oh, my God. Going to bed at 6 in the morning and, you know, like... What's that bad? Yeah, it's it's like I have to get... I have to make a legitimate point to not use my phone or else, especially TikTok, from a certain period of time before bed or else I'm in big trouble. Wow. Big trouble. So I guess I should... uh, I have a family member, won't mention any names, my wife. My wife. Who will... uh, you know, she'll start in on the TikTok, 
and then hours, a few hours later, she's still looking at TikTok. It's, I'm like, it's so I'm like so I shouldn't feel so bad, you know, badly about this. Well, it's like, I mean, so I've been many people are away. so talented, oh, yeah. so funny, and and it's just, I mean, what are you gonna, what are you gonna do? I mean, it's just pure entertainment at times. So yeah, wow. All right, now who's the going back to chess? Who is there anyone on this team that challenges you? No, you sat down. No. You're, you're the top of the mountain. It's not even close, and that's okay. That's not like a bl- brag or anything. It's like, it's just not close. That's reality. It's yeah, it's just reality. <laughs> Nobody's close. Is there anyone that you play with online? A friend that challenge? I mean, is there anyone? Yeah, that- my best friend. He's he is the reason why I started because he was smacking me around for years, and I, to the point where I didn't even have fun. You know. And so one day I just, oh, during COVID, during our three month break, yeah. I played every day and I took lessons. And uh, after a while I started getting better and I started challenging him and he was still beating me pretty good. But eventually I've gotten to the point where we're pretty close now. He's very good. He's wow. played his whole life. He's very, very good. You said one of your dreams was to just be the guy that would go into a park and play chess with a stranger. Have you, did you, have you done that? Yet? Yeah, I went to uh, really? Luxembourg Park in Paris. Oh. Jardin de Luxembourg in Paris. And um, uh, I think it's Luxembourg. Um, and they have, uh, they've got a chess, like a very similar to New York City. I think it's like Washington Park. I don't know. I've never been to the one in New York City. But uh, they've got like a uh, a ton of people playing chess on different boards, and it was awesome to take in. Yeah, so a lot of speed chess blitz. Yeah, it's fantastic. It was, the weather was beautiful that day, so it was like the the dream day. Yeah, I am so glad you got to do that dream. No doubt, that's beautiful. Yeah, do you have a favorite stop on the European trip, or is it tough to narrow down? Right. Um, you know, Florence was beautiful. Um, I would say, I would say, you know, I had lots of good days in on, on this trip, but Marseille in, in in the southern part of France was was pretty spe- was pretty special. I had a really like a really lovely time there, just because it was it's the oldest city in France. If I'm not mis- uh, forgive me if I'm off on that one, but I'm pretty sure it's the oldest city in France, and the 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 city is laid out in such a way where you just feel like you're a part of history. Um, very, I didn't feel like there was as much English relative to Paris, so I was able to continue with my French there. And um, the beach was beautiful. The hiking was amazing. I mean, there's a World Heritage Site, if I'm not mistaken, Les Colonques, which is a stretch of, of oh, I'm going to get it wrong, but it's, it's, I, I did some hiking in, 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 in some, of the, some of the area, so it was really beautiful, really pretty. So you, I know you speak Spanish and speak it pretty well nowadays. Uh, French as well? I speak French, yeah. Like how, which one are you better at, Spanish or? So I took French in, I took French immersion half the day in French, half the day in English from junior kindergarten to my senior year in high school. And so, you know, when I was in France, I understood, you know, I haven't, I hadn't spoken in 20 years. So the speaking part was rusty, but understanding, you know, I went on tours I took three separate tours, two at the Louvre and then one at Musée d'Orsay. Um, 
and all of them were in French, private tours of, of, all, th of all three, uh, excuse me, both museums, and um, all of them were in French. And um, I understood everything, no problem at all, like easy, easy, easy. But it was the rustiness of not speaking for so long. But it came to me. It came to me after the two, three-ish weeks that I was in France. And um, yeah, it was a real pleasure to, to make that improvement because I learned France French in high school, mm -hmm. in middle school, in, in elementary school. I did not learn French-Canadian French. So we learned, so it, the transition was very easy uh, in terms of going to, to Paris. So I enjoyed right. that a great deal. Well, I get a kick out of you when, because uh, I wish I could communicate with the Latin players better. Yeah, and you, you and I have had this conversation where it's like I feel like yeah. I've done a disservice that I haven't learned yeah, Spanish. Necesitas que aprender. Yeah, you just have to, you just have to learn. Yep, and uh, you have inspired me and to uh, take some courses. So we're we're going to do that in the future. Good. Um, so very good. Just so I can at least a little bit just. You know, I don't it's know a useful I'll... tool, and most importantly, you know, I, I so this, I, I found that it's shifted my perspective on reality a little bit. Like I look at the world a little bit differently since learning Spanish, since communicating and getting to know a lot of my Latin American teammates. They've got. In the past, I was so ignorant to their perspective on things. And now it's just a joy to learn from them, to hear their thoughts on, on things. I, I just, I've just been um, really lucky that I, I learned, I started learning and, I, and they're willing to share their time with me. So I am so with you on different perspectives because I've sometimes been locked in on just having this perspective and if i was like the leader of the world i would want people in the room and i want a few of you that just totally disagree with me mm. i just want to get the other side of course on, yeah. on an issue and just i i would just fill the room with just different varieties of people and people from different places and of uh, um, different ethnicities and certainly people that disagree with me so I am just totally now trying to look at different perspectives on life. Mm. I don't know if that's come with age. That's come with the world has changed. I don't know. But mm. It's interesting that you say that, that you have a whole new perspective on the Latin players. Mm. Because a lot of times you just don't – it's hard for them to communicate um, with us, and it gets lost in – the cliche lost in translation. But um, Well, they don't – they, I, I, this is a f the feedback I've gotten from a few different players. They never want to be embarrassed yeah, because they're trying their very best and they care deeply Right, is what I've been shared from a few different players. So mm -hmm. I, obviously I can't speak about the entire population, that the baseball population. Right. But the ones that I've spoken to, they want to deliver their message without being embarrassed, um, with with honesty. They want, they want their truth, you know, and they, they, they never want it to be misunderstood and, and get in trouble for it or disrespect anybody. But also they, they care deeply about um, being able to do their job well, and they don't, they, they don't want the language, uh, if they make any sort of error, they don't want that to interrupt their ability to do their job at their very best. Yeah. So I've always said that. The, and that's only from a few different, from yeah. a few different players, but I've, I've, I, certainly, it doesn't represent everyone. Yeah, the, the the Latin players that are just 
recently learned English and they do interviews in English, they're so courageous to do yeah. that. I mean, it's uh, I couldn't do an interview in Spanish. If I, I couldn't do it, I would speak improperly. I would say something that would come across the wrong way. So, well, you're just not that level yet. I, I, it just takes time. You know, I would very, a very calm. I feel like I would be able to do the interviews in Spanish, but there's going to be mistakes. Yeah. But um, that's 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 the level I'm at. So. All right. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Ichiro. Sure. Was one of your guys. Yeah. Love Ichiro, right? When he came to Cincinnati, he loved California Kitchen. Pizza, pizza. Kitchen. Yeah. Pizza Kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. And there wasn't any in Cincinnati. Yes, sir. Uh, no, Louisville. Yep. You sent someone clear to Louisville to get 100 pizza pies and had them stacked in the visiting clubhouse for Ichiro. Is this I, correct? 52 for his locker, for his uh, uniform number. 52. And uh, it was because he sent me, I think, donuts uh, as a joke. So he told me that before every day game, he'd eat a dozen donuts. And before every game, after before every game, he ate California Pizza Kitchen. And I thought it was not true. And so we had a day game, and he sent me donuts. And I thought, oh, my God, this guy is a very funny man. So I decided to send him pizza, right? And uh, I didn't know how much he wanted, so I sent him, you know, fooling around 52. And I think they ended up spreading out the pizzas to a lot of the staff members around the stadium. And um, he got a kick out of that. When he got to first base, he laughed. But, you know, it's funny. He, um, he's he been a fantastic um, uh, mentor in the back little bit of my career. Like, we've had conversations, and if I ever have any questions, he's been wonderful. So I feel very fortunate to have him. Uh, have him as a contact, have him as, as, as somebody I can, I can heed. What would you ask him? Is that oh, something you want to talk about? A lot of it's mostly about taking care of your body and your mind. Yeah. He was so steady. Yeah. And he shared with me that he'd never had a muscular injury throughout his professional career. And that to me, of course there's luck in genetics and other things that I can't even describe or even, you know, I don't know about. But he he told me his his routine and how limber he made sure he was on a daily basis and the sprints and the long toss and everything, that every way of preparation, every, to, you know, everything he had in his scheduled preparation lent itself to him never getting hurt. And I thought, wow, that is really a challenge. Like, this is the hardest thing in my in my opinion. The hardest thing about this sport is the everydayness about it. The the how tunneled you are, how isolated you can be, and how we are obligated at 7 p.m., 12 p.m., 4 p.m., whatever time, to be ready and at our very best. And so everything outside of those nine innings. Or, excuse me, um, the, the game has to be built around playing well. Has has to be built around feeling well. And so, um, 
I admired his consistency, his dedication, and I want to learn from it. And um, that's that's the thing that I think that over the last few years he's changed and I've changed because of learning from him. You know, Tom Brady went out of his way to ask Ichiro uh, about his routine and, and, and there was a few prints, a few publication or, you know, articles about it. And his answer was, who's Tom Brady? You know, at that time, that may, that may not have been true. Yeah. But this was years ago. But that tells you that someone like Tom Brady who wanted to get better in specific parts of his, his, his the, of the way he took care of his body and his mind, he went to somebody that had a reputation for being pretty darn good about with that. So that's, that's the thing that stands out to me the most about my relationship with him. That's cool. Very cool. I mean, very that's... cool. Slight, a slight, you know... Um, uh, built man that that played, you know, and accumulated almost forty five hundred hits over both professional leagues. That's that's undeniable. Yeah, and I rarely think, injured. I mean, yeah. his his accumulation of games played. Cal Ripken, you know, ESPN came out with a top one hundred not long ago, and I don't like criticizing people, but putting Cal Ripken sixty six on that one. Just the games played alone. I mean, he was an all-time great player. And he's, anyways, and then, um, I don't know. You can cut this or not cut this, but I, I don't like griping about things. But uh, the games played is, li- like, really, really hard. Like, I admire Hank Aaron, Cal Ripken. I saw Ichiro, uh, you know, Derek Jeter. You know, the games played is so hard to do. And... Um, you know, first of all, you have to be good enough, mm-hmm. but then you have to have the self-discipline to be able to wash, rinse, and repeat every single day. So that's that's my favorite thing. Love the Ichiro stories. Lou Pinello told me some classic younger Ichiro stories when he was in Seattle, and they're just great. I mean, just his greatness. Uh it's uh, unbelievable. I mean, really unbelievable, especially uh, you look at how slight he was. And if he wanted to hit home runs, he did home runs. When he hit for average, he hit for average. Beat out infield. Say, I mean, great arm, just great player. Just yeah. a great player. Yeah, great player. And if he played here the whole his whole career, just the numbers would be astronomical. Yeah. So uh, he had a great career. And he'll be here and he'll be in, you know, the Hall of Fame first ballot here in not too long. Yeah. So do you feel like you're a hall of famer oh i'm not done yet yeah um i'm still in the middle of my playing career so um i i i've i've had a good career so far but i'm not done and i i i i last year sparked something that i think is gonna um continue this year and i think that it gives me an opportunity to to really kind of achieve the, th- the goals that I've set out in my career. And um, I'm looking forward to this season. This is this, I think I mentioned it to you earlier. This is the season, maybe in my entire career, that I'm most looking forward to. Why is that? I'm very optimistic. I'm very ready. And I think that I'm going to be able to show a really high-end performance personally this year. And I'm... Yeah, I'm very motivated, so um, I expect very, very good things. 
Are you talking about hitting for power, which was sparked last year again, hitting for power again on a consistent basis? Or are you talking about power and OPS average on base percentage, all of it? Or are you talking about no, what I we saw I, last year? No, I think I'm going to just uh, – there was a few things defensively that I sharpened up last year, obviously offensively. But um, I'm just op- I'm just very optimistic and motivated this year. So again, last year I was excited, but a little nervous because there was a lot of uncertainty. But this year I don't feel that way. I just feel like April seventh, all the way to the finish line. Bado still bangs. You still so, down with that saying? It's uh, it, it, the fans seem to love it. So you know, good on them. I, I it's funny when I hear that, whether it's at the stadium or on the street. It's um, it's a wonderful compliment. So thank you. You get that on the street, of course. Yes. What a cross street! Bottle still bad. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what's? I guess you know before it would be your on base percentage. I'm guessing that would be. And now you're into barrels and hitting for power. I'm finding so for a bit there I wasn't having fun hitting. It was really. I wasn't I wasn't having as much fun as I think you need to have or at least I needed to have to be able to play as long as I I I was going to be going to have to play, you know, to finish the contract. And um I the thing that was missing was I just wasn't hitting the ball hard. It's fun hitting the ball hard and far and yeah. it's really fun. And there's something about the crowd's reaction when you hit a home run, uh, even in uh, not in a big moment. It's just like a, you know, it's an important moment to the fans. And so I get a lot of energy off of that. And you feel like you've done a job. Uh, you've, you've, you've done your job well. And so um, I missed that. And I was getting a little bit resentful of my style of play. And I was, but I was, I was doing well and I was afraid of making that leap. And, you know, we've talked about this subject in the past, so I won't drone on about it, but it's, I'm having so much fun hitting again, like so much fun. And I cannot wait to, to perform well this year. So, well, you you could tell, I mean, I've been around you long enough. You could tell that you were really, really enjoying yourself. Yeah. You have a spot in the order you would like to hit. Does it matter? I like more at bats, but four two three doesn't matter to me I, I i've always been a believer that you earn your spot you earn your spot you know i earn i used to earn no rest days you know those you don't get rest days if you're playing well every day you don't you don't get shifted out of the second spot or the third spot or the fourth spot or whatever the manager thinks is or the you know manager front office whatever combination thinks is the spot for your best hitter and so you earn that. And that's where I feel like I'm trending again. You know, I, I, I dabbled with it last year and between the COVID and, and the broken thumb last year, I felt like my momentum was interrupted a little bit, but I, I, I'm confident that I'll go into the season with full momentum. 
in June, you started hitting your stride, and you told what Jonathan India that you were going to catch him in on base percentage as well. Do you remember this? Yeah, he was he was doing and then you great. S- you sent him a screen grab. Yeah, he he beat me by like half a percentage point, but that's <laughs> what the team's going to need. You're going to need several guys yeah. competing offensively, like we did last year, and that's going to have to happen again. You're going to have to have lots of guys on the team competing with one another and challenging one another to be better than their than than what they think they can be and that's how we're going to make the playoffs and 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 have a special moment in Cincinnati, you know, in November. So, expectations were high last year and the year before really in the shortened season as well. Um I don't think expectations are going to be as high this year. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? They, you can maybe sneak up on some people, although it's hard to do that over uh, 162, but no, um, expectations are both good and good and I mean they're good, bad, and neutral. But you want expectations, like I commented earlier about the media and the clubhouse. Expectations being high is a reflection of how much talent you have, of how much potential the consensus thinks you have, and so expectations are a good thing, in my opinion. Um, you don't always want to be the underdog, but it's fine. The come from behind type, it's fine doing that too. Well, uh, this is an unusual question I'm going to put. It's not even a question. It's just a forum. Is there anything that Joey Votto would like to get off his chest? Anything you would like in the world you would like to talk about? That like, you know what? I should talk about that. Wow, I do. I really do. But not here. <laughs> I thought I had you. No. Gosh, I I Let had me it. tell you something. Nowadays, <laughs> nowadays you catch so much flack for... Anything and everything you say, because yeah. you know it's just the nature of it's just the nature of of our, our uh, the way we communicate together, you know. And and I tell you what, I do these podcasts begrudgingly. I watch yeah. every word I say. I know you do. It's too. It's so stressful. I'll go to yeah. bed at night thinking about well, maybe I shouldn't have said that, or maybe I shouldn't have uh, shouldn't have mentioned that. Just because all I want to do is do my job. All I want to, I get, I don't get paid to be, you know, I'm not in the UFC. I'm not in basketball where so much of your personality and off the court or outside of the ring, uh, money can be made, uh, off of antics. I, I, you know, I, 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 I have an obligation to my employer to perform well and to not be a distraction, period. And anything that any sort of off the field stuff ends up being an energy drain. And so as much as I'd like to share my personality and be silly and take some risks, I can't, I'm just not at that place in my life where, you know, like, where I'm just willing to deal with being the center of some BS storm, where uh, something I say gets taken out of context, where I lose sleep that night and I perform poorly the next day. My obligation is to the, t- to the team, to the fans, to my employer, you know, to that full stadium each and every day and to make it, to make it in that line of card and most importantly, play well. And if anything outside of of that takes away from it, I'm failing my job. I'm failing more or less what Ichiro and I talked about: the routine, the simplicity, 
And so, of course, I've got things I want to be, you know, uh, I want to, I, I want to say, or I have opinions on things. You know, they're not groundbreaking, but even if it's something that, you know, could be worth bringing up again is something I just don't want to deal with. And so, you know, I'm not a famous, I'm not like a center of the, you know, I'm not like one of those athletes or, or famous people that are at the center of, of, of storms or, or can like draw a lot of attention to themselves. It's one of the nice things about playing in a sport that's so regional. Um, but you say something silly you say something silly and then it's national and international news and you can't yeah. come back from that. And you're the goober that 99.9% of your career, you've been steady Eddie respectful and, uh, you know, a, a model member of your community, but everybody sees you as this. So I'm not excited at all about going that route. And uh, you know, I, like I don't have contentious takes. I'm a pretty simple guy. But I try to be the most simple I could possibly be when it comes to these microphones and when yeah. it comes to the, 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 you know, the recordings. So that's just my take on that. It's just the, the job in and of itself performing well is stressful enough. So I look forward to the post-retirement podcast then. <laughs> well, you don't have to worry about your employer. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Then you have to watch what you say. For, no, you do. Uh, you know. You do. You know, so. But you're so thoughtful in your answers. So it's interesting for you to say that, that you, you know, you're terrified of, of the microphone. And I get it. I know exactly what you're talking about. All it takes is one slip up. And the, when they Google your name, that's going to be maybe the first thing that comes tough. up. It's very So that tough. is got to be stressful. Yeah. There's so many subjects and things that I just try to stay far away from. Like yeah. when we get done with this podcast, I'm going to think about what did I say and what can I get in trouble for? You, you haven't know. said anything on here. Yeah, but you know, like. Yeah. No, there's not a thing on here. You've been very insightful. That's what's interesting to me is you're so, you say that you're terrified of the microphone, yet you're so insightful and so thoughtful in your answers. And you're obviously so intelligent. And just listening to you is fascinating to me. And I think fascinating to a lot of people, baseball fans or anyone in general. So it's it's awesome how you can be so interesting, yet you're terrified of the microphone. I don't know what to tell you. It's just, there's just too much to lose when yeah. I don't get paid to be on a microphone, you know? Yeah. I get paid to get in that, hit, hit in the batter's box and, 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 and play defense. And, and yeah. So, well, I'm going to turn you loose, but I'm going to ask one more question. What is left to accomplish? You know, um, and this might be the most contentious subject, uh, or this might be the one that, like, so it's really, really tough to be a part of a World Series winning team. And there's so much randomness involved that people ask me about, like, you have to win a World Series. And I say, World Series, truly in baseball, I believe World Series playoffs are won by the minor league system, the front office coaching staff the roster they put together there's just so many people it's like an it's like a, a a collective effort that you 
as a player get to witness and be in awe of you don't get to be the center of it you're just a member of the ship you know you're not the captain and so you ask what is left of course i'd like to be a part of one or two of course but what i would really like to do as long as i'm as long as i'm an employee as long as i'm a member of this team and in this uniform i owe it to myself and to the fans uh to the city of cincinnati to continue to get better in the community to continue to get better as a player to continue to be more entertaining and 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 just to dedicate continue to dedicate myself to my job, my career, the, what I've chosen to do, what I've been asked to do. And so just keep moving forward. You know, uh, would I love to be a part of a World Series or two? Yeah, you're darn right. But I've seen the best player in the world not even come close to it. And I've seen some, some of the best players on teams that have won the World Series watch them from the sidelines or play poorly. It's the sort of thing you get to take part in. You don't get to lead the charge in. That's the wonderful, wonderful thing about our sport. I love baseball. I know that I've got other interests, but baseball to me is the one sport that no matter what team enters the playoffs, they know they have a, ch a chance at the end of the year to be, be the World Series champions. It's a really challenging sport to, know, to, to, to roster your way into an automatic World Series. And that's a beautiful thing. You know, we watched the Dodgers and the Giants last year come down to a third game where the Giants, uh, excuse me, the Giants, the Giants lost, that's right. Uh, but, but what I was getting at was the preseason, the Giants weren't even considered no. contenders. No. And by the end of the year, they're competing with the behemoths of the National League, maybe even Major League Baseball, the Dodgers. And so I, I loved how, you know, the Braves who were at 500 probably in August. Yeah. All of, a, all of a sudden get to have their moment deep into October. Nobody would have guessed that in August. Right. Nobody would have guessed that in October. You know, and, and I just, you know, I watch the Rays each and every year. You know, they're competitive. It's so, it's, it's such a, it's such a joy in my sport in this sport our sport to 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 know that we don't know and the when the playoffs start they are the playoffs this is you have it your 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 neighborhood has a legitimate shot you know i i i spoke to a few um people that are from cincinnati and how much joy they got out of the super bowl oh yeah it, the, I the town was like unbelievable it's kind of the same in in the nfl you know yeah. i i could be wrong i could be wrong but the idea that teams in these these smaller markets have as much of a chance, you know, the Ravens won a few years, and obviously, mm -hmm. um, obviously, the Bengals were in the final this year, and the Kansas City uh, Chiefs, and um, so you know, I, I just think that I think that we're the baseball particularly isn't a is a good sport for you know, um, and I hope to be a part of it one. I hope to be a part of a championship one day, but. In the meantime, I'd like to do my job well. Wow. 
Where do I start to wrap up that episode? Just an unbelievable conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. And Vano's human. This just in. Dude has cavities. <laughs> the dental lessons with Joey Vano cracked me up as well as when he was when he was talking about drooling and spitting like a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> Classic. And there were some touching parts in there when we talked about losing his best friend, his dog Maris, and having to put Maris down and and then the death of his father, which we just haven't gotten into before. Highly impactful on his life. And um, how about the the thoughts the Reds are playing in the Field of Dreams game and how emotional it's going to be for him. And thinking about having a catch, playing catch with his dad will come to mind and it's going to be a, a tough time for him. Uh, I just thought that was just opening up his soul to us. So another fascinating conversation. And now that he's on social media, I mean, what a joy. I mean, what a joy. And, oh, by the way, breakdancing lessons? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Auto improve his balance. So if he's on Instagram and TikTok, if he's somewhere in the future, he's going to be breakdancing, which is, I mean, just just tremendous. So just another great conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. He's looking forward to the season. I'm looking forward to watching him this season. I'm looking forward to him again showing this side of him that I always knew were there was there and those around him knew was there. But now it's being shown to you, the fans, the public. So the dude is a national treasure, certainly a treasure to baseball. So I will say this, enjoy him while he's around. I know that I have, even though he revealed he's terrified of being in front of the microphone, which I sort of knew, but I didn't know it went that deep. But well, getting back in front of the microphone again. Wow. All right. Up ahead... In the coming weeks, we will have reigning National League Rookie of the Year. Jonathan India will be on this podcast once again. Hunter Green will be on this podcast. Tyler Stevenson, Nixon Zell will bear his soul once again. Kyle Farmer down the road. We've got so much ground to cover. And again, we'll bring those correspondents in as well throughout this season of the Jim Day podcast. As always, the biggest thanks goes out to you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. And we will see you on down the road, everyone, here on the Jim Day podcast. Baseball present. Baseball past. Gonna share a few stories. Gonna have a few